Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com, with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. With our guest tonight, Max Shores of SoberCourage.com. Hello, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. Hi, and uh, I was just filling them in on... I, I think I told you when I did our pre-call that I'm a little bit frazzled right before the shows, and I don't know that I planned this Periscope thing out that well because I don't know if I can hold... <laughs> an iPhone while I I do the podcast and I didn't find a good place to set it up. So that may fall by the wayside uh, quickly. Um, I'm already getting questions. Is this a radio show? It kind of is. It's a podcast. (laughs) Um, So um, Jeff and Matt uh, have familiarized themselves with what you do. They don't spend a lot of time on Twitter. I know you you know, reasonably well. I'd say we're acquaintances. Twitter acquaintances. um, Via Twitter and and blogs and all that. Um, for those that aren't aware, Mags <coughs> is the founder, proprietor, and uh, recovery champion behind SoberCourage.com. Yep. And uh, in yep. my experience, since my day one, uh, that, you know, interacting with you and meeting you has just been a, a stalwart um, supporter and um, just fantastic uh, supporter of everyone you know, on the recovery uh, web. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I don't. If you want to tell us us. more about you and your journey, and then we can. I love where the name came from too. Yeah, tell us all about it. Ah, sober courage. Um, You know, believe it or not, I broke my anonymity to uh, my coworkers. I work in a small office. This is a story how my blog got named. But um, and um, uh, we work for a software company, so we're all techies, and. um, um, you know, drinking is uh, part of daily, maybe not daily routine, but, you know, uh, we had in-office parties, uh, game nights, you know, happy hours and on and on. And um, I just, uh, I've been there six years and I felt the first year right away almost that I had to tell someone because I just, I couldn't, um, I just couldn't. Um, I was scared. I mean, seriously scared. You know, we have a fridge that has beer in it <laughs> in the office. Um, you know, there's often alcohol in um, in the big fridge and in the little fridge. So I, that's how that started. And then I started telling people about this idea I have for a blog and blah, blah, blah. And um, we were talking about the liquid courage that alcohol gives all of us, you know, just, just as alcoholics or, uh, whatever, but you know, almost anybody, right. You have a couple of drinks, you're, you can go out, you can meet people, you can talk to people, you're friendlier, you're more fun, you know, all these other things you fly. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and, uh, literally my coworker said, well, what about sober courage? What does that give you? And I was like, Oh, wait a minute, you know? And then, the idea really flew. I didn't take it as far as my coworkers, but you know, they had me with t-shirts and banners and posters <laughs> and, you know, um, stickers and everything. I haven't gotten there yet. I don't know if I will, but that's how it, it came. The name sober courage came. So, and so it's just, yeah, this kind of this idea of when you first get sober, you need, you need some, somebody or a few people to know, keep you honest i guess right or just even if they're not in recovery they just need to be aware um yeah you're not drinking or whatever you know it's scary it it, you know no doubt it's scary um to come out to your coworkers. i mean a lot of us like to keep our personal lives to ourselves especially at work um but i you know they're they're i'm actually one of the older people there (laughs) so um i did find that the younger generation if i may i'm in my 40s so you know the 30 somethings or the 20 somethings seem to be you know much more open to whatever your thing is if i may Mm -hmm. 
And um, they've actually been really supportive. They've been so supportive to the point where um, last Christmas party, because my boss is no too. My boss, we had um, we had a Christmas party at a fancy Spanish restaurant, and they had one of those flan cakes that they fly, you know, they fire up with liquor and all that. And she had the waiter bring me a piece that was not lit up. <laughs> That's cool. Separate, totally separate piece that never had liquor on it. Yeah. That's, and, um, you know, I have to say my initial reaction was like, what? oh, this is really crappy. I'm being singled out with this damn cake. <laughs> That's funny. But then I thought, wow, you know, how cool is that? Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah, that, yeah. somebody cared have to go there. <laughs> nice gesture, you know but, what I mean? Well, that's a lot of what I mean, gets talked about is just that that acceptance at the point where it's just sort of comes naturally, not just for you, but for those around you, right? Uh, right. You know, a lot of people are challenged by the stigma of it, mm-hmm. and being out is a, a powerful thing for, I think, everybody involved, really. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So did you, so you think all your younger coworkers are far more accepting? Just, it's no big deal, right? Yeah, I really think so. But, you know, I have to say, I've recently been talking to some ladies in UK. Okay. And I've been telling them about um, the website, I'm Not Anonymous. Mm-hmm. And they actually thought um, that in UK, the young people are the ones with the stigma. The young people that were the ones. Yeah, I found that really, you know, obviously opposite from here. But um, in my experience, the younger people always you know, um, gave me support, encouraged me, you know, um, told me, all right, you know, how long do you pick up those chips, you know, (laughs) (laughs) stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's been really cool. And, um, you know, I recently actually been talking to one coworker who's dealing with her husband having some issues. So, you know, um, I really see the light of breaking, um, my own anonymity, and uh, being open about it, that it it really does help others. So that's the biggest part, really. And yeah, I mean that's, and that's a good point too. I mean, that those that can, should I guess you know those that are able to 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 break their anonymity, um, you know, can do it. And the and those that, for whatever reason, don't want to or can't or, um, you know, that that's okay, right? Um, we sort of right. Well, well you know, for me, it stems from, you know, I have a, I have a long history of a relapse. I, um, I tried to get sober back in 2001. And um, after uh, getting a DUI, I sort of tried to get sober, if I may. <laughs> I actually just wanted everything to go back to normal so I can, you know, uh, drink again, normal, or what I thought was normal. But, um, uh, what basically happened was, uh, uh, you know, I got in more trouble. I had more consequences and then I really tried to get sober and, um, it was just, um, it was four miserable years of in and out, you know, three months here, four months here, I hit nine months at one point. And so what I think really happened to me in the end was that, um, I had to be really honest with myself and who I was and what I was going through. And that included telling people around me because, uh, you know, uh, in the end I was, uh, always hiding. I was closing down the curtains, locking down the house and sitting and get, you know, drinking all day. Um, and somewhere in my mind, if no one saw me, I wasn't really drunk, you know? <laughs> and, um, so I think uh, after my last relapse, what happened was I decided I really had to take this thing seriously. This thing was serious. This thing was bigger than I ever imagined, mm-hmm. you know. And to this day, I do the same things I did on day one. I, you know, I don't really really go to parties where there's liquor. I don't um, attend events where there's alcohol. I don't go to concerts unless I have somebody sober with me. Um you know, it's a, I don't eat food with any alcohol. I don't cook with alcohol. I don't keep alcohol in my house. Um, all these things. And um, the anonymity piece actually slowly crept in because 
I was for a while pretending with other people that I drank and went out without actually drinking and going out. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that felt really fake. Sure. So I think um, in the end, yeah, I had to be really, really honest with myself. And so coming out, even though it was scary as hell, don't get me wrong. I didn't just like, you know, at work at one point just said, hey, yo. <laughs> Call a meeting. Call it out. You're drunk, by the way. Um, it was it was a process. It was a it was definitely a process. So <laughs> where I am today, three years ago, I wasn't here yet. The whole idea of anonymity in the old days, you know, there was such stigma at the workplace that no one shared that they were in recovery because people would have a stigma that they were weak souls or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the idea of an- anonymity today, as it is, it is in Alcoholics Anonymous, is they don't want you to use your last name because if you do relapse, as lots of people do, they don't want it to be a reflection right. on the program. Or like somehow right. this program failed. But I think a lot of people get in here and have this idea that when you get sober, you shouldn't tell people. Like they've taken this idea of anonymity and and put it back on the fact that you shouldn't come out or you shouldn't, you know, that there's, and I guess the, just listening to you talk, the, more, the newer generation, I think there's less and less, I think it's better to do that. I think you're absolutely right because it's almost like you don't want to hide anything, right? I mean, that was all part of our behavior is kind of lying, yeah, hiding right, everything. Right. And you just don't want that to be part of it anymore. <laughs> So I wonder, you know, if coming out, just your experience with it, it sounds like you got total support and pure love and it was all a good good thing. There was nothing bad, right? Right, right. Um, um, I've actually had some negative experiences with family members. Yeah, believe that's it, always uh, the hard part. Right, uh, which is um, interesting in some ways. And, of course, those were the ones that probably have a, problem themselves you know not probably we all kind of know they have a problem themselves um you know i got made fun of once at a dinner for or you know can i just have a coke what are you gonna drink coke by the way if i may i'm polish so drinking a coke at a family event is just not you know not right you know yes that's you know you must have the vodka and in a shot glass and you know that's just the way it is so Yes, and I'll never forget that. Um, I actually ended up leaving, but, you know, I just don't go there anymore. <laughs> yeah. So. You, you talked about it, and I, I can't think of a single more compelling reason to break your anonymity, though, is for the potential of helping somebody else out. You know, you mentioned you had a coworker yeah. who yeah. came to you, or you're able to talk to that person, they're having issues with their husband. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's the coolest thing of all. Is it? Yeah, and that's, that's now happened numerous times and um you know the idea in my head's always oh if i can just help one person you know just one person out there and um that's okay with me because um through those years of relapsing you know people never gave up on me at least that's the way i felt you know i'm sure there were some that were like oh my god here she is again um or maybe it was in my head you know there's so many things we put in our head i i don't know but um I felt that way often, like, am I ever, ever going to get this? Is this ever going to get in my head? Am I ever going to be a normal human being that has a normal life? Or is this just going to be my destiny forever? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it felt yeah. hopeless. Yeah. And, um, but I remember that. I remember there were people that always welcomed me, always hugged me. You're okay. You're in the right place. You just start over. You just keep going. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I go with. That's that's my motivation now. You know, no one gave up on me. I'm not giving up on anybody. You know, so. What was the uh, what was you know you talk about? Uh, I love the the part of your blog about it was a lot about transformation and what was the moment? What was your bottom? What was the thing? Was there a moment where it was it it became clear you had to do this? You talked about it. What actually happened? Well, I um, you know, it was uh, a sunny. Spring day, uh, I just passed my anniversary on the 25th, and um, it, so it was a sunny spring day. I started drinking on, well, I back up. I was driving home. It was Friday. I had that feeling, that crazy buzz. Uh, it's Friday. Something must be happening somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I was about three, maybe four months sober at the time. I don't actually remember, but something like that. And um, I thought, well, I'll reward myself. I'll go to the store and buy myself a nice steak and, 
some food and get a movie and, you know, chill. And so I go in the grocery store and I pass the aisle and I back up and I stare and, you know, all the craziness starts going in my head and oh, just grab a bottle and go get the steak, come back, you know, maybe I'll grab another. Like, I just completely forgot what the hell I just been doing. You know, I've been trying to stay sober and in a split second, literally without even thinking much about it, here I was picking wine off the shelf. And I actually ended up uh, going home with two boxes of wine, three steaks, you know, a couple boxes of mashed (laughs) potatoes because it all had to make sense. I was one of those people. It all had to make sense because I was not an alcoholic. I just had a party at my house. I'm I'm inviting people over. I'm inviting people over. It's Friday. That's right. And, um, you know, um, don't remember much of that night after that. I came home and obviously I started drinking, but, you know, I woke up Monday morning on the kitchen floor, uh, face down on the kitchen floor, and um, the pan had the steak in it still. Uh, you know, thank God I didn't burn down the house. Yeah. Um, and I was all bruised up and beat up. I didn't know what day it was or time at first. And, um, you know, went to my phone, billion messages, texts, and all kinds of things, and it's Monday, you know, and I freak yeah. out, literally, like, yeah. you know, freak out. And, um it was um, the moment of clarity that, you know, you often hear about the moment of clarity, which is like such a tiny little moment. But, you know, like uh, what hit me was that it didn't matter what was going on in my life. You know, I was an alcoholic. I had a disease that just wanted me drunk. Yeah. It, you know, I always thought it was the horrible things in my life. I had just such a bad childhood and I had so many things happen and that DUI and all the rehabs and you know, all these horrible, horrible things were happening to me. And that's why I drank. Mm-hmm. But that day, there was nothing horrible happening to me. And that really just struck me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't even describe the feeling, but I was like, holy, you know, mm-hmm. I can't believe just I've just spent a whole weekend and I don't even know what the hell I did. You know, and um, the second thought was like, OK, I either get sober or I die. I just keep drinking and I die. You know, those are my choices left here. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, the dying drunk still kind of sounded good. I, You know, horrible <laughs> how that sounds now saying it. Right. That was that split moment where dying drunk oh, yeah. wasn't so bad. I, and I think we all recognize that sensation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's on, I think it's we on all the do. table. It's yeah. on the table. It's it's like, yeah, it could be. Yeah. That, that <laughs> sounds <laughs> like a contender. Yeah. It's definitely um, the path, but, path of least resistance, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, of course, whatever is easier, right? Um, but I had a four-year-old daughter at the time, and um, and I had that another little piece of clarity, that moment like, oh, shit, my kid's not going to have a mother, you mm-hmm. know, and that was my other thing. And that coincides actually with my own childhood. My, my mother was an alcoholic, and um, she uh, lost custody and disappeared when I was four. Mm-hmm. So... Wow. That connection right there yeah, sure. was huge part of it. You know, like, oh, shit, uh, I'm doing the same thing or the same thing's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, now my kid's going to end up this way. And uh, that was huge. That was huge. You you have the part of your blog that's all it's all about Friday, Friday night. Uh, yeah. And it's <laughs> because of this, I assume, right? Yes, yes. <clears throat> Fridays were absolutely the worst for me. And again, I have to credit some of my coworkers on that on that blog post because they helped me find some really interesting stuff on the net. You know, I was trying to think. It's like Friday night pep talks, right? Friday night pep talks. That's how they started. I, yeah. Friday nights were just horrible for me, and I usually spent my Friday nights in meetings. But I, you know, I realize there's lots of people that don't do meetings or they don't have a lot of network or what have you. And uh, you know, what the hell do you do with yourself? So. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> the list originally was like 50 items, and then it just kept growing. And uh, I think it's it says 100, but it's up to 87. So I got 13 more to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that's great. And, Eventually. And I mean, that's one of the things that I, I neglected to mention up front. One, that mm-hmm. you just celebrated seven years. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I mentioned Congrats. that. Or, um Which is phenomenal. Yep. And, right, thank um, you. Yeah, and uh, the other is that you know, this this talk about this this relapse you had that that resulted in your your 
ultimate moment of clarity. Um, you know, you shared a post on clean and sober since right now.com that I was telling you in the, the pre-call that it's one of the most, if not the most read um, post on, on the site every month. Oh, that's cool. And I just think the notion of re- relapse, it's the, it's the big specter. It's the boogie monster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. That, you know, for you're, we're being honest, you know, it's, it's, can, it's, Somewhere back there, you know. It's, yeah. But um, mm-hmm. the the one you had, did you what? Did you looking back on it? Did it start to happen before you actually took that drink, or was it literally this instantaneous look at this aisle of wine and it just started there? Or did you? Or were you kicking it, it around? It was, yeah. It was instantaneous, but um, there was also some part of it where I myself up. Like I can see that now, but when I was doing it, I didn't see it. I didn't see that I was actually setting myself up mm-hmm. somewhere along the lines. Um, I was unhappy in one situation, so I actually moved, and I moved to a place that had a liquor store, grocery store, and a you know, 24-hour, hour, 24-7 convenience store. And I didn't see it back then. I just thought, well, it's really close. I can just walk there. But that made it really convenient to just walk there. You know? <laughs> it's funny how that works out. Yeah. Yes. I and, like um, this apartment. It's right by a convenience store. Perfect location. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as just uh, picking up a drink, most of the time I think I made an excuse in my head for, for some reason. you know. But once I was actually there in front of it, um, it was just like a knee-jerk reaction. It was very bizarre. People used to, you know, have this saying, you can't get struck drunk. And I would just be like, no, you really can get struck drunk, you know, because it seemed like I had no, I, I couldn't slow my brain down. And yeah. um, that's actually part of my personality. I have thoughts that go through really fast and sometimes I just spew them out and I have a tendency to interrupt people. But that same thinking, mm-hmm. I actually that's how i would be in the store and next thing you know i'm going home with wine yeah. and um well, it, i mean that's the insanity right i mean that literally yes. mm-hmm. is the insanity there's that story in the big book about the salesman which is the funniest story and he's like i mean he's having lunch and uh, he orders a right. glass of milk and then he's yeah. like hmm, you know what would be good with this glass of milk a shot of booze <laughs> in it right <laughs> it's just right. bizarre to begin with and then which he's you know good. that's normal <laughs> right <laughs> Right. Like, uh, did they put booze and milk in in the 30s, or is that just the insanity? That's the one where the yeah. first one went okay. Yeah. So I had another yeah. one, you know, and then the. <laughs> like whiskey and milk. And then he got 1930s drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the, the big books was huge for me. I was really surprised that all these stories that are in there, uh, almost every chapter, you know, I could totally relate. And I was sitting there going, this was written 1939. Yeah. And how do these people know this? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it was really a big eye opener for me. But, um, you know, relapse, uh, I don't even know, you know, where to begin with it. It's a really hard journey because um, there's part of, you know, there was a part of me that really wanted to get sober. But there was a part of me that didn't want to be sober. If that makes any sense. Sure. And I actually heard that from somebody else. They actually asked me, do you actually want to be sober? You know, do you actually, it's like a, it's a small difference. I don't even know if I can articulate it right, but you know, do you really want to be sober? Do you want to live life without, you know, are you ready to live life without alcohol? And that's what I think they talk about often. You have to be ready. You have to want it. I mean, truly want it. So when. You know, when my rock bottom hit, I mean, I just did a 360. I threw everything out of my house. I used to shop at Target because they didn't sell alcohol. They do now, but they didn't then. Right. And, um, you know, I just, I cut everything off. Anybody. I didn't go to my family's home. I didn't hang out with anybody I knew that drank. And that probably went on good two years straight. Mm-hmm. I had no contact or you know, as much as, as little as possible with any alcohol, because I was afraid that I would have that moment again, you know? Mm-hmm. Did, that, did that all start that Monday? That Monday morning, was it like this instantaneous, life-changing moment where you immediately put all these things into effect? Um, I think it was. You know, it was like, um, okay, all this other stuff I've been doing is not working. It hasn't mm-hmm. worked at all, you know? And, um, 
you know, again, there's that saying in, in, in the meetings, you know, you have to be in the middle, you know, stay in the mm-hmm. middle and mm-hmm. keep everybody around you. And, you know, um, I was doing some work and some step work and I was going to some meetings and I was doing some work, but I wasn't really in it. You know, I wasn't in it 100 percent. And I just um, I got so scared that time um, that, you know, it was just like, OK, I just got to do everything possible, mm-hmm. you know, not to drink again. And I think you've mentioned rehab a couple of times and you, and you said you had had about four months before that moment of clarity was that coming out of a rehab or no (laughs) no see that's the that's the craziest part um i actually went to rehab 2003 to 2005 it was 22 months outpatient rehab it was court ordered um because i actually did lose custody of my daughter at one point Mm. um her father was concerned and rightfully so sure and that's kind of how that went and um the rehab was an outpatient program, which uh, was during the day, 9 to 12 o'clock, mm-hmm. and Monday through Friday. So I drank on the weekends, you know, because I was not an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I was in the wrong place. Uh, yeah. These people were not who I was. And, mm-hmm. you know, I even remember calling my mom at one point saying, I don't know why I'm here. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's such a deep denial. I don't know why I'm here. You know, um, that's so wild scary. on the other side. Denial is the most amazing thing when you're on the other side of it. Yeah. 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 But it, it you know, made perfect sense to me. And I graduated with flying colors. <laughs> and, um, you know, I went I went to try to moderate and I moderated as best, best as I could. And it was, you know, a lot of work, a lot of work. And, um, you know, sometimes I would get caught and sometimes I wouldn't. Even at the rehab, I think twice. Well, you know, we had to take breathalyzers every morning, so I got caught about two, maybe three times in the 22-month period. Hmm. But my last stretch was like six months where I didn't get caught, so they figured, you know, I was good. Um, and um, but I you graduated. you were drinking the entire time? I was drinking the entire time, yeah. Yeah. That, On think, the weekends. Yeah. And, and was that miserable, drinking and going to rehab, or was it like you could compartmentalize the two? No, I thought I had it figured out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought I had it figured out. I thought like, ha, huh, ha, huh, I got one on them, you know. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy. Really Teaching crazy. Them a lesson, it's, it's, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll go to great lengths to protect our little secret in those situations, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, I found in my, I, I was awesome at rehab when I was, you know, <laughs> I mean, like top, graduate top right. of my class and, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I'm chairing right. the meetings, and I'll I'll be the guy. And but it's all just uh, self-preservation because you, you, you know, you want to protect your little secret. Yeah, you go to any length. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy. So you, so you have an 11 year old now. She's 11. Yes, she's 11, and uh, she's she's my biggest supporter. That's great. So she you she you, she she knows your past, or have you broached that subject and told her you're an alcoholic and all that stuff, or? Well, yes, yes. I sort of had to. She, um, you know, she remembered a lot, believe it or not. Yeah. And um, that's another scary part. You don't, you know, I, uh, she was four years old yeah. when I quit. And, you know, in my head, again, was always like, well, how much can she remember? Or, you know, there were some comments about mommy sleeping a lot sometimes right. and stuff like that. But I really didn't think that um, it had an effect on her, honestly. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> when I started... Um, I think I came home with a chip one time. That's how it happened. And she said, you know, what's dad? And I started telling her and, and um, you know, she, she said something. Oh, I think I remember. And, I'm, you know, I said, what do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no. My heart just sunk to the ground. Yeah. What do you remember? And, um, you know, she remembered a lot. And it was, you know, sleeping for hours or laying on the floor for hours or you know, like strange things. Thank God I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything worse or right. whatever. But just the fact that she knew um, it was really um, another huge eye-opener. My gosh, you know. But, uh, yeah, she's been my biggest supporter. I um, I talked to her all about it. I discussed it with her. Her dad is um, also an alcoholic. He's a functioning one, never been in trouble um, you know, 
that's that's his thing. Sure. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's genetic, so I'd rather get it out now. And yeah, sure. She thinks I'm really cool because I have websites. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I have a four or a soon to be five year old on May first who was just telling people the other day that uh, Daddy has a, does a podcast. Um, oh, awesome! Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there are little uh, front lines. But yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think uh, I was just reading something that, you know, uh, it, not exactly that it's never too early, but it's as early as you think is too early. It's probably not early enough to at least start the conversation, right? Particularly, you know, with what we know about how it travels through families, so mm-hmm. um, that's that's great to have, to have hers. Uh, you know, a, yeah, have her get your back, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and we'll sort of know that she'll know it. Well, she'll know it right, and hopefully, she'll keep it somewhere in, in her head. You know, she already did once tell me, you know, I think I'm probably gonna, you know, try alcohol at some point. And I said, okay, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as long as you know all these other things, and um. You know, there have been instances where her her dad was a little tipsy and we had to talk about that and Mm -hmm. um, some discussion. You know, it's really hard to explain drinking and alcohol because it is everywhere and it's acceptable socially. And, you know, most people sit around and have a glass of wine with dinner and that's fine. And, you know, how do you explain? Well, you can have a glass or two, but once you get to, you know, this many then this is what happens to you or um, it's tricky. It's a little tricky. And then there's, so you know, like I was trying to t- tell her just the facts, you know, alcohol, but then there's beer and wine and, you know, all these other types. And it's, it's really actually um, a lot of information. Yeah, <laughs> so it we is. Have several talks. <laughs> and it's about like, what is, you know, sort of fundamentally kind of a rational thing. It's like, it's something that, you know, whatever substance it may be, but with alcohol, it's, it's trickier just because it is legal. But, you know, it's it's something that adults use to change how they feel, right? Yeah. Um, and why, you know, sure. then you have to explain why they want to change yeah. how they feel. And, you know, it's... it's right. A, yeah, uh, like the fundamental question of why, even normal people, you right. drink mm-hmm. just to find a, re- a release. Right. I never drank that way, but I assume somebody does. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's to con- relax it's slightly. conceivable. Right. Well, and I've said this before about my, my wife who's a normie. It's like yeah. I just asked her never to like come in the door and say, I need a drink because the reality is nobody needs a drink. Right, right. Um, right. Like, let me tell you that. Right. <laughs> you need right. a drink. Exactly. Yeah. That's, exactly. <laughs> That's daddy's job. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, very confusing. A lot of confusing wording and, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure if she got it, but you know, we'll have to work with it. So exactly. I mean, to me, then that's, you know, I've said this before and we had uh, Dave cook from hundred pedals on the past two episodes whose efforts started because, um, you know, he's the father of a, a son with a heroin, uh, problem. And, you know, it's, um, and it's one of the reasons why I started all this is I do have a four year old and it does concern me about how I'm going to approach it. So, you know, whatever, um, you know, whatever advice or input or, you know, I'll be, I'll be looking for those those posts as they probably come about on on Sober Courage, um, because, you know, I'll take any advice I can get in that regard. Yeah, well, yeah. I think we have that one covered right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. For, for me, and my daughter, you know, it, like I said, it, it, it took um, it took several tries and, and you know, several different discussions and um. Uh, you know, it, it included drugs and, you know, th- thank God, I suppose, you know, in school now it's fifth grade where they get a lot of the mm-hmm. education and my daughter's in fifth grade right now. So including with the sex ed, they got the drug conversation. Interesting. I'm not sure if they really, they put alcohol in that um, category with the mm-hmm. educational day. But they probably should because right. they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, they kind of yeah. go hand in hand, right. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I think um, everything now goes with, with me. You know, I, I uh, for me, myself, I need to be an open book. And mm-hmm. um, I know, you know, I can't say everything to my daughter, but sure. I think that what I try to do is be as, as honest as possible with, you know, what happened to me and my story and, yeah. you know, what, what can happen. So, 
Yeah, you're just telling her who you are. What's so? What's your program like today? Like, what's your? What do you do today? Do you go to a lot of meetings, sponsor people? What? What? Um, write this blog, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love my blog. Yeah. Um, it's definitely. I've met so many great people through the blog, hmm. and um, I actually am sponsoring a, a young lady that's uh, I met through the blog. Oh, really? And, um, yes, and. Uh, it's been really incredible, and thank God to technology, we Skype and phone and all those great things, and I was able to help her with the steps, and um, you know, uh, it's been it's been great in that aspect. Um, I still go to meetings, which I still get asked to. <laughs> you still go to meetings? Yes. Um, you know, but I have to say, you know, at seven years sober, it's. Um, it's such a different place that I am now. I'm I'm almost starting to like um, a little bit forget what it was to be newbie. You know what mm-hmm. it was that first year, those first two years, and I'm finding myself lately that I'm like um, having to explain. No, really, I was a drunk. Right. This is you know I've been to detoxes and rehabs, and it's such a strange place because all that stuff used to be just so raw you know Mm -hmm. like it was just yesterday Mm -hmm. and now it's so kind of far away and um you know i i have that little fear that you know if i don't remember how it was you know i might end up there again and so it's a good i continue to do this because in the end it keeps me sober Mm -hmm. and hopefully also help somebody else that's the big big part so. Yeah, I think I think you definitely have that um, a good a good grasp on that. I mean, your your site's phenomenal, and and what you do is Thank phenomenal. You. Um, and uh, yeah, you were I was I, I just found that you had the the films uh, recovery films or addiction films mm-hmm. um, listed the other day. I don't know how we we're talking about that, but we we're tweeting about it. And, oh yeah. And as we get back into doing. Uh, our reviews. I think for 28 days, maybe we'll have to have you back on to to join us for that one, because that's your oh, that's that your your top, right? Your top one's what? That's 20, 28 days. 28 days. Which one is that? I haven't seen it yet. Is that what's in that one? Who's in that that's, one? Is it Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock. Yes. Okay. It's the that comedy. Where she's named Birdie. Yeah. I think her name was Birdie in that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, we'll have to put that on the the roster and 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 have you. Uh, All right. Have you weigh in with us? Yeah. We were going to watch yeah, Flight. Is that on? Is that in the top? Yeah, we're doing Flight next. Wanna, no, I'd love to do that. That'd be fun. Cool. That was um, probably the first movie I've seen. Um, and it was just a really uh, lighthearted movie that made me cry a lot, which, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, I could relate to so much of it, you know, so much of it. Denial, again, is just, it's crazy. And um, I don't know. It's so hard to put a you know like a definite point on where when you actually get out of that denial when you actually realize you know man this is this is really crazy and to explain it you know to one of us is one thing but to explain it to somebody else completely that ignore me is yeah it almost i mean it feels impossible to try to explain to somebody particularly somebody in denial that Mm -hmm. they're in they can't see what's right in front of their face right um, it's interesting. I like I had planned my sober date, my mm-hmm. sobriety, like months out, two or three months out, and in my head, years later, you know, I think maybe even this year, um, I thought that that's when my denial had ended, and then mm-hmm. I I found my my journals from early in my um, sobriety, and like a month in, I was writing in my journal that maybe I can learn to moderate yeah. mm-hmm. and just drink a little bit yeah. mm-hmm. or something or drink like a normal person. That's like within like three right. weeks, within yeah. three weeks of being sober, I'm thinking that. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, I was still in denial then. Cook that fantasy. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. I recently wrote a post about my list. You know, I have this list of the horrific incidents that might happen in my life that would give me an automatic pass to get drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, death of someone. Yeah. Uh, children yep. you know really bad stuff yeah. you know that you mentally go i know that's that's sick isn't that sick it's crazy but, but I, we've I'm all right there done, with you we've all done it and then and then you're in a meeting <laughs> and i was in a meeting this summer and there was a guy who uh was a regular at the meeting in the in the recovery community and his wife passed away and everybody was saying did you hear john's wife passed away his wife passed away mm-hmm. 
and all of a sudden he comes walking through the door the same day. Yeah. And you see people get through shit like that. And you're yeah. like, oh my gosh. Right. I, right. I, I, I got nothing, you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's, that's um, you know, exactly. Uh, and then my mom died. <laughs> and um, that was definitely on the list. And um, and you didn't get drunk. You, know, and you didn't get drunk. I didn't get drunk. My initial thought was like, oh, shoot, here's my pass. I get mm-hmm. to drink. And, if I don't you know, do it now. Just, it didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense to get drunk. And, um, you know, I was three years sober. I don't know if that uh, made a difference. It probably did. Yeah. But um, it just didn't make sense. Mm. And, uh, you know, I grabbed all my tools and I marched through it. And, you know, hell, it was not easy. But sure. um, I I also watched people around me who were drinking either, you know, to just to drink or to numb or whatever. And it took them you know, they had a much harder time with it, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was the first time I actually realized that um, we actually can do everything sober. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we really can get through everything sober. I mean, that's just that was huge, huge, huge. Yeah. I mean, that's a powerful milestone to get through if it was on the list in particular. Um, right. And then your whole list right. kind of changes. Once you make right. it through one thing, it's like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Cross that off. <laughs> Well, there's still some stuff on the list, you know, and I still have that. Um, um, I have that, you know, when I'm 65, I'll be uh, or 75, whenever, uh, you know, when I'm really, really old, I'll be on the beach somewhere with an umbrella drink. And of course, that's just really, really false ideal of what it's going to be like. Yeah. I never drank anything with umbrella drink. You know, <laughs> yeah. right. But exactly. That's, that's my plan right now. And, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, this method, actually, I've, you know, I've learned in the rooms, you know, people do like, okay, I'm going to do this for five years and five years come and they go, well, maybe I think this was pretty good. I'll do another five years. And mm-hmm. I've seen many people actually use this kind of trick, mm-hmm. you know, so it doesn't feel like it's the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, when you're newly sober, it's so hard to put it in your head the rest of my life. You right. know, it sounds so yeah. crazy. Yeah. I'd say for the first good chunk of my sobriety, I used to use that trick. I didn't, you know, yeah. being outside the rooms, I, I didn't realize how common it was. But when you yeah. just said when I'm 65 or 75 or whenever, yeah. it actually, I got it like a little shock because I'm like, I thought you were going to end with the list, but that was my thing. I said, <laughs> I used to say when I'm 65 or 75 or whatever, you know, it kept getting further away, but yeah. I kept using it. And it would be, I was going to add things back in reverse order. So, like, I was going to start, you know, doing. You know, whatever you know, the, the worst. Well, the, the worst pot. things first. Like that, you oh. know, I was going to start oh, doing coke and yeah. then doing ecstasy and then start. You know, <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to add them back in in the inverse order. and on ecstasy. I, I, I like have that. always maintained that you know I reserve the right to be the grandpa on LSD. Like, <laughs> right. You know, but that sounds great. That's yeah. a long way away. Yeah. yeah. Why be, is grandpa so yeah, weird? Why is he staring at my cereal? <laughs> just, just be quiet. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. Well, maybe uh, by then there'll be homes for us or something. We can just yeah. all send rockers yeah. home, high off our... The home for tripping right. grandpas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. But the longer I'm around, the less likely that seems. Yeah. Um, yeah. My first sponsor used to say, tell yourself you're going to drink tomorrow. Interesting. And it always sounded dangerous to me. You yeah. know? And there were people in the program who were like, don't ever tell yourself that. But he's, this guy had a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And he'd say, hey, just say I'll drink tomorrow. Yeah. And then the next day, just tell yourself, hey, I'll drink tomorrow. Yeah. And right. pretty soon you'll have a yeah, few weeks under your belt and be like, right. shit. Yeah. And that got me through a lot of dark times, too, like with, yeah. you know, the thought of ending it all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like stick around and see what's tomorrow's Tomorrow. Like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's always tomorrow. You can mm-hmm. do it tomorrow kind of thing. But not to get too dark, but, um, you know, that sort of thinking has its merits. I yeah, think. I think when, so, too. Whatever tools and tricks you can use to get through the, the toughest moments it's the most procrastination yeah. and it is one day at a time right it's yeah. since right now that's yeah. it baby <laughs> that's right <laughs> i think that's one of the best tools for me to it's just to slow my brain down slow the thinking you know wait for tomorrow it's been uh crucial in almost everything i do now so still working on um all kinds of other things but you know that one's definitely in the forefront so Cool. All right, Max. Well, um, if is there anything? I'd love to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. You're you're awesome. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, if not sooner, I look forward to, to watching 28 Days and then all yeah. getting together and, and talking we'll, about we'll it. We'll talk on, about uh, it. I love Sandy. I'm a sucker podcast. for Sandy. I, I haven't movies. seen it. And I, I like, I've come around. Yeah. I used to not like her. Now I, I'm, I'm a fan. It's, yeah. a, it's a weeper. It yeah. is? Okay, well, I'm good. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with a little, yeah. you know, misty. We can misty, watch it together. Misty yeah. eyes. Oh. It's a little bit here and there, but, Yeah, yeah but it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. Good, good cry. Yeah. Well, anything else you... Wish we'd talk about. Yeah, read the blog, say? Sober Courage. Yeah, SoberCourage.com. There right? you go. Um, Thank you. Facebook, Twitter, um, all the same, Sober Courage, right? Yes. If you Google and Sober Courage, it's the first thing that comes up. Nobody else has my name, isn't right. that the great? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we did. When you get T-shirts, we'll, tr- we'll, do you, we'll swap T-shirts with you. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks, Mags. Really appreciate it. And, Thank you, Mags. Uh, thanks, yeah, Chris. Great Matt. talk. All right. Congratulations, Bye. Matt, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Right. Take care. It's really nice right, talking to you. Have a good night. Right, you, you too. too. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm going to pause for just a moment. Wait, we were going to talk about your trip and your family. We are going to talk. Okay, well, then I won't pause. Yeah, yeah the trip really um, was we good. Were all, we were all dying to know what happened. Yeah. It was good. The trip was terrific. Okay. You, um, you went to Tacoma. Went, went to No, <laughs> Tacoma. Went to Olympia. Olympia. Which is, Olympia. Um, I act like Tacoma, please. I know all uh, about Olympia, no. home of Evergreen College. Exactly. And, uh, Went to Olympia um, with my siblings, their spouses, and their uh, kids, who are both uh, about four, and my mom. Mm-hmm. And so it was there for my mom's 71st birthday. And yeah, it was, it was the estranged sibling was, you know, was there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think we... Nothing was spoken about, but I think we both approached it with very much, you know, certainly from my point of view, once I was there, I'm like, I love this person, care deeply about them. Mm -hmm. They're seeming like they're doing okay now, Um, whatever the case may be. And it's not my job to live their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's and I and I it was a huge revelation for me, right? Because again, not to to harp on the point, but You know, starting that was also one of the things again that 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 drove compelled me to start this effort was mm-hmm. to learn what I didn't know about helping others, mm-hmm. um, you know, find and sustain recovery, and if they didn't find it, sort of why they weren't, you know, yeah. or, or what or what I was supposed to do yeah. then, basically. Yeah. Yeah. What I, what would I do now yeah. if I can't help? Yeah. Um, and you know, the the obvious answer it may seem is just well. Love them and be there when they need mm-hmm. you. That's it, and and that's I think just how we approached it and how we um, you know had a good good visit. Good and uh, yeah, it was really great. It was oh, really good. Very, there was no tension. Everyone no, well, not from, melted not from, away. Yeah, and I th- yeah, and good. I think I, I would have been the the driver of the tension. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I certainly didn't go in there with. That intent and yeah. it wasn't there. I think it was a good trip. So that's good. Um, that's really all I have to report, and I think that'll probably be put that to bed. Yeah, good. Um, that's, that's as as sort of a fantastic. topic. Um, yeah, so. that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, and anybody, anything else? Um, uh, uh, no. <laughs> I was going to talk about the the beer label uh, controversy. Oh uh, yeah, that uh, that, that was kind of really, yeah, it didn't really ugly. doesn't really enter into the world of uh, no, I mean, recovery. Little, just in the world of irresponsible marketing, I think. Yeah, I mean, what was it? I have no idea. Bud Light printed one of their one of their they have like a series of labels that rotated on their aluminum cans. I think aluminum Not, bottles. I mean, yeah, the aluminum bottle, and at the top they'd have a little you know a little whatever fortune cookie goes saying, saying yeah yeah up for whatever yeah, and this yeah. one was something to the effect of remove the word no from, from your, your vocabulary oh, yeah. my wife told me that this week is just a little um rapey wow well, yeah yeah my wife told me that that was one of them and it was some kind of yeah where the word no well yeah, once you you can understand where the, and that that was it you know where that came from because you've been in the meeting where we thought of stuff like that. I have been in those meetings, but you can't, you can't imagine so many people in the chain. Yeah, the that process. ultimately that one didn't right. get killed. overlook the obvious. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Very so, irresponsible. So, yeah. in any case. Well, I, I'll sit in harsh on Bud Light all day, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's a whole different <laughs> podcast. It's another podcast for another day. I like to break down that, that marketing campaign in my head. I'm like, eh, oh, yeah. it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. 
Maybe maybe that'll be an episode where we <laughs> break down alcohol marketing campaigns. Because you know we're you're not working on alcohol anymore right now, uh, are you? Are we working? Yeah, I'm like, do we have any alcohol clients? We don't. No, we don't. I don't think we do. Uh, well, no, sometimes some little sometimes. I a little free a little freelance bit. Oh, do you? Little bits yeah, and bobs, but not really. Anything that would. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I don't know if everybody's aware at this point how long they've been listening, but the three of us, uh, Jeff, Matt, and myself, yeah. used to. Be Mark. guys in recovery, sober guys yeah. that worked on alcohol a as, lot of, as yeah. advertisers worked and marketers. Exclusively on alcohol. Um, I've always yeah, worked on yeah, yeah, tons for of a decade. Yeah. I, yeah. I was working nonstop on alcohol, yeah. which <clears throat> is uh, you know something worth making an episode about, yeah. probably. Right? Let's do that. Yeah. I mean, I think we, it's worth talking about. Yeah. Right? We've got a little, a, a little additional insight into that world. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Well, let's figure that out now. Now, when I started scheduling, and now it's like nonstop. Schedule, you guys. Yeah, I love it. Um, it, but as long as we can harsh on Bud Light at some point. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, no, we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll name names. They're not going to. They're not going to be our sponsors, but we'll definitely <laughs> sponsored. We'll, uh, like, yeah. Right now, brought to you by Bud Light. Yeah, get well, the no out of your weekend. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just say yes. Yes uh, means no. Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, you know what, everybody, we're going to do this. We're going to try to figure it out for next week. All right, we're um, going to mine some insights and. Find out where we were really standing this. <laughs> because also next week, but at the end of the week, uh, we're having Paul from the Alcoholics Guide to Alcoholism in London call in. But we're having to do not having to. We're 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 doing that on uh, May 9th, so it won't be okay. our our normal time. Yeah. So maybe during That'll the work. week we can do this. That's talk. Saturday, May 9th. And uh, yeah. All right, sorry. We'll uh, we'll talk to everybody again soon and off. Sign off. All right, Godspeed. Bye.